Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we discuss episode 15 of season 4 and episode 79 of Slam Dunk. This is a thing now. Nintendo Force magazine. No, I don't even know what that is. It's um was the magazine that was started by people who used to work at Nintendo Power, I guess. And so it's basically that again, but it's like they do it through Patreon and it's cool that they're publishing their very uh I would say limited audience magazine uh, in an actual print format. Hmm. And it is fascinating to read because you get to see what things are like for somebody who only owns a Nintendo system, and it is grim. Yeah, that must be nice occasionally playing a video game. Yeah, it's, well, so like, the last issue, about half of it was just a listing of every character in Smash Brothers. <laughs> this, this month, um... I'll take up 70 pages. Yeah, and then um, this month, although it's actually it publishes every two months because even they realize they do not have enough stuff to fill every month, even oh, sure. padding it that way. This time, it's all about uh, that hot game of twenty nineteen, Shovel Knight. Oh, Shovel Knight finally came out. Yeah. Yep. Just oh, out. I should pick that up for my Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, uh, but it's like seriously. There's a, a really long chunk. It's like the history of Shovel Knight, and then here's all the games that Shovel Knight appeared in. That's why I said a while back that Shovel Knight is the Michael Madsen of video games because he'll appear in anything if you just give him a free lunch. Oh He's sure. Saying, Unlike Michael Madsen, though, I'm not mad about Shovel Knight. My. Well, I'm not mad about Michael Madsen. I'm mad about Mads Mikkelsen. I'm mad about both. I'm mad okay. about any mad. I just like being mad. Well, sure. Uh, but the highlight of Nintendo Force for me was um, a couple of issues ago where there was a preview for Doom Eternal when that had just been announced. And it was a full-page mm. preview. A good two-thirds of it was just... The author being psyched that they were getting a game at the same time as other consoles. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, that's right. It's coming to Switch same time as PlayStation and Xbox. We don't have to wait anymore. And that was seriously two-thirds of it. Oh, man. Next issue's going to be Doom Eternal got delayed on the Switch. They The uh, next issue tease at the end of this month's is... Hey, we've been hearing rumors there might be a remake of uh, Skyward Sword coming to Switch. Like, that's their big oh, tease great. for next time. 
now I can finally play Skyward Sword. Find out what I've been missing. Oh yeah, well it's everybody's favorite Zelda. Yeah, now I'm playing with Force. Nintendo Force. Uh-huh. I'm going to force myself on this video game. What are we doing? Uh, it's a podcast about something, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Episode 15. Yeah. Right. By, the, by, by the way, speaking of old video games that are to be enjoyed in 2019, I started playing God of War today. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a long video game. Kind of looking ahead at, like, a walkthrough for it, because I wanted to get, like, a good sense of uh, how many chapters are in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot, and it took me all night to get through the second chapter. So I'm probably going to be playing that thing for a very long time. It's a good game. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm kind of expecting the witch is going to betray me at some point, but I don't know. Maybe she's helpful the entire time. Okay. I liked uh, I liked beating up that fucking Nordic hick at the start of the game and just destroying like a whole side of a mountain in the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I've talked about this before, um, but the thing about God of War is everybody hyped up the, like, um, it's all in one take thing, you know? And my point was, that's not impressive in a game. Like, I never actually even noticed it until people pointed it out, because... One take is impressive in a movie because every time something messes up, you'd have to start over and you have all this stuff, like all the people have to reset to their positions, you have all these camera movements and everything. In a game, it's just like, you just change one thing. And then, great, you did it. Yeah, also if, like, you're coming at that too from the perspective of masking loading times to make sure that it's all seamless from start to finish, like... A, that is more of just does your game run efficiently mm-hmm. versus like something with a movie where it's like you said, there's a lot of moving parts. One thing goes wrong and it destroys everything. Yeah. Uh, and, also, and like a game without the loading. Game, has, well, I, I was just going to say a game without loading. Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver did that like 15 years sure. ago. Well, 20 years ago yeah. now. Like, that's the thing that has been done. A, a single continual take in a movie that is not aided significantly by, like, CGI today is still very impressive to me. Yes. Uh, but I was going to say, also not the case for God of War, which has, at a few points, completely froze on me and popped up the loading, like, icon yep. <laughs> until I could continue. So, well, where did that happen for you? Because, for me, every time it happened, it was um when I was running around near a... Uh... The, the rotating bridge thing and I think that's because it has a bunch of areas there in close proximity and I was trying to figure out which one to load other than it that it never the, actually happened it was in the area shortly after that where you're like freezing the poison buckets Seeing the... oh yeah 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 okay th- that's and... I think that also might be kind of part of the issue is from there you can go to like two other places Sure, it did it to me in the middle of a fight, though, which oh. was, like, the really frustrating part. Mm. Like, that's where it locked up the longest. And then, like, also, my PlayStation 4 sounds... It sounds like I'm playing a Dreamcast game. Like, that thing is loud. Yeah, it is. It, and it actually used to be worse. They patched it to, like, specifically reduce the noise made, and it's still loud. 
The loudest that thing got was when I started the game up for the first time and it was asking me to adjust brightness and contrast. For some reason, that is the point where the thing sounded like a jet turbine. And like to the point where it was getting louder and louder and I felt something was wrong and so I shut the game off. <laughs> no, that's because, just like I I have never heard my PlayStation 4 get that loud before and it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. I mean... It's a good-looking game. You can see why it's working over time, but oh, at yeah. the same time, boy. Yeah, that is a damn good-looking video game. The The whole Witch's Grove area looks super pretty. Sorry, I said boy. I should have said, boy! Read this, boy! I love how many times Kratos just says, I don't care, or <laughs> yeah. I don't. No. It's great how they made Kratos a likable character just by having him, like, completely apathetic to everything. Yep, zero patience. Also, that game probably has the best chest-opening animation out of yes. any video game I've played. Yes, just punch your hand right into it. <laughs> oh, God of War is a damn good game. It is. I'm Larry Davis with me like, is George Brundle. We're watching JoJo this episode 15. Part 4. Yeah, sure. Part 5. So, uh... Yes, Part 5. Season 4. That's right. Season 4, Part 5. Uh, part 1 of The Grateful Dead. Yeah. Part 1 of the Barkley Hoop Saga. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so... Everyone's still aging inside of the turtle, and uh, when we last left Mista, he had been hooked uh, by Beach Boy, and is now getting pulled through the train, and the hook is uh, doing like uh, one of those bud things, where it's like slowly moving up his arm and like going towards his brain. One of those bud things. Yeah, the uh, flesh buds. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I thought maybe you were yeah. referencing something else. Okay. No, no, sure. no. Like the the one time we saw a flesh bud doing its thing where it was going up Jotaro's arm, it reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that actually. But Yeah, yes. I mean that was like three years ago when we recorded that episode, so sure. Uh we were so young. Fresh face, wide eyed, ready to take on the world. Mm -hmm. Look at me now. Oh yeah. Just a bag of dust. Take me up to the mountain and scatter me across Midgar. <laughs> uh so what would you do if you had a fishing hook traveling up your arm towards your brain? What would your natural reaction to that be? Uh probably shoot myself in the arm to try to break it. Oh. Okay, good. You might be Guido Mista. Well yeah. You passed my JoJo's Bizarre Adventure personality test and scored a Guido Mista. Great. That's what I was going for. You did it! Gabagoo! You're a Guido Mista! I keep those bullets in my hat. That's right. I'm glad that we got to see him reload like that again, just tilting his head over and slamming those all, all six lead pieces into the chamber. Yeah. Easy pickings. Uh... You know Guido Mista loves the feeling of slamming a long silver bullet into a greased chamber. I love the smell of cordite in the morning. Yeah. I hate that I remember as many lines from Metal Gear Solid as I do, but whatever. <laughs> Significant amount of my brain space is taken up by that video game. 
he shoots at his arm. Uh, it hurts him uh, because as we find out a little bit later, Beach Boy's uh, wire is not only invulnerable, but it reflects any damage that it what? takes on, which is invulnerable. It can't can be vernered. Oh, okay. Inverner hurts augable. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad you're at Every least aware of what I you did. Every time I cast my line, nothing comes back. A fish hook is meant to represent the dichotomy between man and nature. We will all be swallowed by a giant shark eventually. It is only a matter of time. The boot is just a boot, though. It is Oof. very unfortunate. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, it it ends up reflecting damage, which at this point is like the stand cop out. Like, th there's been so many stands where this thing is just like, haha, it reflects damage onto you. I can understand it for this purpose, though. Yeah, I, this one makes a bit more sense. For but... a line. Like you would think, you either need to attack the hook or the um, the actual the hook pole. Or the blade. Yeah, the <laughs> it is both a hook and a blade, as the very helpful fellow from Assassin's Creed Revelation said. Um, but yeah, either the hook or the pole or the user himself. Like it, to me, yeah. it does make sense. The line would not be able to be broken. Sure, I am just saying though that. This has come up a lot with somebody doing a thing to a stand and then the stand user going, ha ha, actually it flips the damage on to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the old it's like school a... ground thing of like, I am rubber, you are glue. Yeah, it's a JoJo's trope is what I'm saying. It's happening here again. Mm -hmm. It's a real JoJo's thing to do. Uh, another JoJo's thing to do is to put your stand into your own body and like, Try to expel another invading stand. Yeah. Thankfully. Actually, I guess not necessarily yours, but it has happened with other people's stands going inside people's bodies plenty of times. Yep. Thankfully, um, Guido has some small boys he can put in there and get to work. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work, though. Well, no, but he tried. Yeah. Isn't that what's uh, so important? Trying? Well, unless you die, in which case... It kind of didn't really matter either way. Yeah. But thankfully, Guido Mista doesn't die. Well, no. Uh, he sends out six and seven uh, into the next car so they can find Pesci, and they do, and then he shoots in there again, and Pesci's like, oh, he missed. Is he, like, just shooting in blind? He's going to kill the passengers, but it turns out he was shooting the glass with all the ice in it. Uh-huh. And uh, I really like how the Sex Pistols are just really excited about messing with Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> they really get get one over on this freak. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, he drops his fishing pole, uh, picks up some ice, starts running away, and then an old man just grabs onto him, talking about, like, ordering the fatty steak. An old man who, it should be noted, has the same hairstyle as Prosciutto and the same, uh, like, spider web pants. Uh, nobody yep. notices this. He has the same name as Prosciutto, too. It's very weird. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? On the same train, headed to the same city. Hmm. You know, it's life's funny like that. Yeah. You know, at 
you think you're fishing on a train, next thing you know, your pinky fingers get blown off. Yeah. This, Which, yeah. surprisingly, is not blacked out. I don't know that they've actually blacked out anything so far. Yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see a dismemberment in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure again that was not censored. Yeah. That finger totally came off. Well, yeah, there have been others so far. Yeah, that's true. Like but the, I don't know why in this that case in particular and... I thought that it might actually get blocked out. But it like wasn't, in Man so. the Mirror, they were just straight up gushing out of their arm stumps or whatever, and that was in full view. Yeah, yeah, it was still kind of like just a black hole that no. blood was coming out of. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't like all... It, one it was all red. It was just but... a black hole. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I need to watch that again. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, so Mr. rolls up on Pesci and is just like, I'm going to give you to the count of two, uno, do, and then I'm going to blow your brains out unless you tell me where the other stand user is. Uno, dos, tres, catorce. And Pesci's like, wait a minute, that's much more than two. <laughs> yeah, I think Guido, he's, he's going to go vertigo. <laughs> hello, hello. Yep. Uh, so, um, man, uh, I'm kind of thinking, like, are we going to get a stand named Vertigo at some point? I was wondering if we were going to get a stand named The Edge. Oh, that would be way better than Vertigo. Yeah. Debatably. So, the old man from before just like slumps out of his chair again and starts doing the same bit to uh, Guido and then he's just like ha I was prosciutto the whole time and if I touch you then you get like really old super fast yeah and at this point then after aging up uh, Guido he becomes young again but then he also says like by the way my stand's also affecting me and yeah, like, it's a little weird okay yeah like if it's if it's affecting him, then it still seems he has some sort of, like, selectivity over it. Because, like, everybody else would then have to reverse age, too, if he, like, relaxed it yeah. to age himself back. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, also, he does have some ability to target it because they mention uh, that he's specifically targeting the higher body temperatures so it won't affect Trish as much. But you would think that then he could also make it not affect him or Pesci. Yeah. Well, know. also, we have seen multiple women, I want to say, in this train who have been aged possibly to the point of death, so yeah. that doesn't even check out to me. Yeah, that too. I, like, for as much as we are told how this stand works, I do not understand how this stand works. I don't either, but do you remember what Speedwagon told us? Remember to yourself, it's just the show. I should really just relax. Uh, something about, I don't know, he's crying a lot. Then he got his head split open. Those good times. Rest in peace, Speedwagon. He's with God now. That's right. So, uh, yeah, Guido gets, like, super aged to the point where he can't even stand up anymore. Falls over, and then Pesci's just like, yo, check this out, blap, blap, blap. Prosciutto did. Prosciutto, I'm sorry, yeah. Just turns around and dumps into uh, Guido's head. Yep, 
just three bullets, just blap, blap, blap. Yep, in a perfect bowling pin formation. <laughs> yep, you just stick your fingers bowling in there ball. and roll a turkey. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, bowling ball, yeah. Yes. <laughs> just like, hey, check out my gun, blap, 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 blap. <laughs> hey, look at this, blap. But oh man, Sequido is definitely dead and will never appear in another episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure ever again. Like, that's the ultimate indignity as he did it with Guido's own gun. <laughs> yeah. Man, so... Yeah. Uh, Prosciutto and Pesci just, like, roll out and start looking for the rest of the gang, and we start getting, like, some spirit dust floating up from Guido's body to signify that he is super not alive anymore. Oh yeah, definitely dead. I mean, you know, it, it's not a fake-out like Iraqi's done before. Because if he did that yeah, too no. often, it would really it would lose all of its effect. Literally everyone who has been shot in the head in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has died. Uh-huh. Literally all of them. Yep. Every single one, with no exceptions. Definitely, 100%. Yeah. He can't beat 100%, they say. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Unless it's 101%, in which case you might be playing Donkey Kong and well, you should probably stop doing that. Or if it's 110% and you might be Lou Ferrigno. Oh no. He got hit in the head a whole bunch. That's why I don't talk so good. No, it, it's not true. I know we've been over this on the podcast before. That's a little treat for people who've been with us long enough and remember that dumbass conversation we had it's, once. It's a nice callback. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, they head into the cabin and start looking around because Pesci sends two life forms earlier. And then he, or Prosciutto starts talking about like, I don't know, there's like a bit here where like Prosciutto is chewing out Pesci, where Pesci's just going like, oh, I'm so useless. Oh, I'm not worth anything. I'm terrible. I'm a garbage boy. And this is my favorite part of the whole thing, because Prosciutto grabs him by the head and is moving his fingers around on Pesci's head. And it makes sound effects like he's rubbing a balloon. Just like squeaky yeah. rubber as he's moving his fingers around on Pesci's weirdo head. Oh, it's great. God, yeah, his head is shaped like a carrot and it makes a balloon sound. Yep. Just squeaky God. Pesci, they call him. Yeah, so he starts giving Pesci, like, a pep talk. Uh which is real weird because Prosciutto has also been like fairly demeaning towards Pesci. Uh, but then Pesci's just like, oh, or no, Prosciutto's like, I, Guido was running away with something black in his hands, and so we should be focusing on that. And then Pesci remembers kind of seeing the turtle under the seat and just like, oh, hey, I remember something. There was something under here. They look under, there's nothing. And then Pesci starts breaking down again, going, oh, God, I'm so worthless. Please yeah. don't make me pilot the robot anymore. You don't pilot it anymore. Prosciutto will have to do it again. Um, you don't pilot the robot, Pesci. Guido will have to do it, and then it just cuts over to Guido with three gaping <laughs> holes in his head. Yeah, and then um, while he's doing this, which, by the way, is the most I've ever related to a JoJo character, um, Prosciutto decides uh, to, like, be an amateur... Uh, man... What would you even call it? Someone who's tracking animals? Like what? Like a tracker? No. 
No, no, like someone who'd actually study that stuff. Like not paleontologist, but some, this is as bad as the time I forgot the word jockeying. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure what you're I don't talking know. about. It doesn't matter. They study animals in general? Yes. Like not. How do you well, relate to this? I don't think you've ever seen an animal in your life. No, not that. I'm saying the time when Pesci's talking about how useless he is. I'm saying oh. while he's doing that, well, Prosciutto's over here. Like, not ornitholog ornithologist, because that would just be birds, you know? Like sure. Ichthyologist, yeah. that would be fish, but something like that, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He, he looks at the poop. The, so, Poopologist. you mentioned you relate to Pesci. I guess I relate to Prosciutto here. I'm just looking at a lot of poop, let me tell you. Oh... My body is a mess. So your body's a wonderland. Yeah. Fuck off, John Mirror. <laughs> no, it's not. Who's My the body's best mayor? Magic nightmare. Who's the best mayor? Is it uh, John Mayer or Oscar Mayer? It's Tom goes to the mayor. Good. Yes. Correct. So you can fool me with that, giving me only two options. I know the correct answer. Yeah. And everyone pronounces so, it Oscar Mayer, by the way. Not just me. Uh, he looks at the poop, and he realizes that it was freshly dropped, and any small animal like a rat would have already been dead by now. So it's got to be a turtle, and he like attacks a vent or something like that, sees the turtle in it, sees the key, sees through the red gem on the key, sees a bunch of little tiny people and goes, Aha! Crack the code. No one's in this room! And then they leave, and that's the end of the episode. Uh, no it's not. Oh, well, I stopped watching here. <laughs> You're just like, alright, that's enough. Yeah, oh, you found him, the end. Uh, yeah, so they're going to start, like, uh, I think he wants to have, like, Pesci cast his reel inside of the fish and start yanking them out or something like that. Just yank them all off. Mm-hmm. Just pull them uh, up. Meanwhile, just uh, as things are getting their worst and uh, Bucciarati's in there going like, no, I trust Mista's going to pull through, we cut back to Mista, who is still dead. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> this is actually like a really good initial cut where Bucciarati's just like, no, Mista's got this, and then it does cut back to him just laying completely lifeless on the ground. Yep. It is a good bit. Even though we know... He actually is going yeah. to pull through, but yes. Sure. Even though there is, like, spirit dust lifting off of him, like, the three slugs from the bullets just, like, pop out of his skull, and the number five pops out, too, and is just like, hey, I stopped all those bullet bullets from killing you, and I got, like, a tiny piece of ice here, so, like, I'm still young, even though the rest of the bullets are aged now. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I thought it was saying like he somehow used the ice to stop the bullets, and I didn't get what that had to do with anything. Oh no, he's holding on to the ice to keep himself young. Because the rest of the Sex Pistols bullets actually like turn into little old men bullets, which is great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Because I just, I just love this concept that stands can actually age. Like, one day there's going to be a shriveled, wrinkled-up geriatric star platinum. 
I also like that a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's a nice touch. So, um, they they start like looking into the uh, into the orb on the key, and they see everyone in there, and they realize that somebody is missing. They don't count everyone that should be there. Turns out Bucciarati is up in the vents overhead. Uh, he used the zipper man to hide himself in there. Uh, because number five uh, came back and got him. Somehow nobody noticed this. Nope. This magic bullet flying through the air. Did Guido Mystic kill JFK? Yes. 100%. Oh, Guido no. Mystic was the guy on the grassy knoll. Oh my god. This changes everything. Back and to the left. Left. Yeah. No, it's, it's all coming together now. All the President's Men is not a very good movie. Yes, it is. Mm, I disagree. Wait. I don't know why you're bringing that up, though, because that's about Watergate. Oh, no, I'm confusing it for. Oh, I guess that one's just called JFK, isn't it? Yes. What's the one I'm thinking of? Okay. Yeah, that movie is not too good. No, All it's not. All President's Men is great. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I watched those uh, back-to-back, which is probably why I'm fucking the name up. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, very um, different. Uh, Old President's Men's um, Robert true. Redford and Dustin Hoffman as uh, uh, Wood- Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, yeah, he plays both of them in the role of Lifetime. What? I just said Robert remember... Redford and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, see, so you cut out again, so I just heard well, Dustin Hoffman fault. played Woodward and Bernstein, and I was thinking of some, like, Clump scenario where he's sitting at the table playing both characters. <laughs> Just Hercules, farting. Hercules. All right. Uh, so anyway, yes, Guido the, killed yeah, the, JFK. Number five comes back and he fills him in on the whole like Guido Mister Dunn got shot in the fucking head again thing. Not again, but like Guido Mister has been shot a few times, not just in this episode. Yeah. Although also um, a few times in this episode, a couple of them from himself. Yeah. 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 One bullet to the gut uh, from a few episodes ago, one bullet to the arm and this one, and then three more to the head. Yes. And the best part is all of these so far have been his own damn bullets. Yep. <laughs> Queen of Mist is shooting himself all the time. He thinks it's a hoot. It kind of is. It's like, Check this out, it's the only way he can feel alive anymore Just shoots through his hand <laughs> Holds it up and starts yelling Stick Mata He's the real um Who's that football player that like Shot himself in the leg in a club Oh god Plastico, I know this right I... Plastico something I think That was really funny I don't know why when it always comes to like Sports people hurting themselves i just think of jose Cinco's finger falling off oh sure <laughs> that's just my go-to reference now for horrible sports injuries even though i'm not sure he incurred that doing sports no it wasn't because that was pretty recent yeah um, I'm, like, I'm trying to remember how he initially hurt his finger i know I, it was like poor care of it is what made it just like slump off yes i don't remember how it came off to begin with but yeah he just like wasn't keeping it bandaged or cleaned or anything and then he just tweeted something like hey my finger fell off 
Oh my god. I was like, Canseco's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you really got beaten in the head by too many baseballs. No, I'm pretty sure he was dumb before that. Oh, who's that one that Dan Riker posted that video of? George was talking about, like, yeah. Yeah, that was especially I still like how Dan. Because I had seen that before, and then later finding out it was Dan that leaked it. Yeah. Made so much sense. I do so like Dan Record recently, though, saying that there is more on that tape that he knows he cannot release because he will probably get taken to court over it. He still should get it out there. I. Yes. That tape should maybe find its way into some other anonymous person's hands who should then do something about it. Hmm. But the thing is, though, he's <sighs> talked about it too much that now it would still be traced back to him anyway. Yeah. Well. I don't care what happens to Dan in the long run. I mean, I kind of don't either, but he I'm has to finish GoldenEye first. Dan Riker seems like a fine person. I wish the best for him. I wish it probably happened anyway, because, pff, boy. Yeah. Talk about someone living a charmed life, man. Closest equivalent to a real-life Cosmo Kramer, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Dan Riker doing bus tours of his own life is only like five years off at best. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they Guido Mista just jumps down and starts to. Well, no, he can't. Like, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how this plays out. Uh, he he like tries to punch Prosciutto, but then like Prosciutto feels it coming and like blocks the attack. Uh huh. And so, like, the two of them start fighting, uh, and then, like, somewhere along the lines, Pesci, Pesci tries to intervene, and, like, Bucciarati has to take his focus off and kick him in the damn head. Yeah. Also, to knock him out. Also, Bucciarati just comes in through a zipper in the roof. Yes. Like, I really like how he just, uh, like, pops in, like, hey guys, what's up? I'm here. Yeah. Uh, so, Prosciutto after kind of getting roughed up a bit, it's just like, hey, I'm out of breath, uh, but you're out of breath too, and you exerting all your energy has raised your body temperature, which means my stand is affecting you more violently now, so you're getting old way faster than I am. Even though, again, he just got done saying, like, I'm out of breath, I feel all worked up, and earlier said my stand affects me too, so the same thing should reasonably be happening to him. Should be. But it's not! Nope. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <sighs> uh, so, Bucciarati goes for one last attack, uh, which seems to miss, but actually he has laid down some zippers around the uh, cabin. So when he undoes, him, uh, undoes them, both he and Prosciutto will fall out of the train that will separate Prosciutto's stand from the rest of the gang, who should then become youthful again. Yep. That's the end. And that's where we leave off. Yeah. It's a good end. Yes. I I'm genuinely curious what happens in the next episode. I'm assuming Pesci gets up and there is a fight between him and the others, but that definitely can't last long because Pesci is a wiener. Yeah. And also the next episode is the Grateful Dead Part Two, so we're probably gonna get more of that fight in particular. Yeah. Okay, manga anime differences. Uh, this section requires expansion, according to the wiki, which is good. 
Pesci's line commenting the Sex Pistols wouldn't be able to find him in the midst of the passengers is cut. Uh, Bucciarati hasn't hidden on the roof of the train, but instead in the space inside his zippers. Uh, you know, the little pocket dimension he creates. Oh, did forget to mention there is a real good bit of uh, Prosciutto Stan trying to punch him, and he just unzips his damn head to yes. avoid the attack. Yeah, that is a good bit. That's pretty good. Uh, the reason Prosciutto dis- detects Bucciarati's first attack is changed from feeling the wind to him hearing the strike coming. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, sure. Or whatever. My fists yeah. make lots of sound when I outstretch them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who doesn't? And you can't wait. That's not really that different from feeling the wind. He's just, like, hearing the wind, so... I always feel the wind. I hear the wind, too, sometimes, but when I don't, that's when I really smell the wind. That's a fart joke for you. This is a good time Next as episode. Any to say... It's time for Roulette. Every time I look into your eyes... This time, we had Slam Dunk, episode 79. Yeah. Now tell me, what are your overall impressions about uh, Slam Dunk? Uh, So, insofar as animated roulette goes, I feel that this is kind of... This is kind of a weaker one to have, because I think the thing that makes animated roulette conceptually so interesting to me is getting something like a Bleach or a Naruto, where they have... Or like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Where, like, the whole way that that universe operates has become so intricate intricate with so many bullshit layers that it is incomprehensible after a certain point. Uh, That's not so much the case with Slam Dunk, which actually does a very good job of setting up what is going on. But, as far as just, like, general quality, I think Slam Dunk is pretty good. Yes. Well, I also kind of... Don't worry, I have plenty of things here in the list that subscribe to your first like line of reasoning for how a roulette should work. We just happened to land on this one. Um but an outlier. That was a yeah, Yes, it is. Um but yeah, I like this a lot more than I thought I would, actually. Like it was on here kind of just as a goof. Um But yeah, Slam Dunk is yeah. alright. Would you say it is a slam dunk? Uh, I would say it is a layup, or, or you mm. know, something. It, it's a solid two pointer. Uh, the animation in this was, I think, the thing that stuck that stood out to me the most because it is for for something that's pushing a hundred episodes. Animation quality is still really good by episode seventy nine, which is the one that we watched. Mm-hmm. Um. And you had mentioned too, it has that like sort of shonen thing where it's like a ton of lines all over the characters. Seinen, but yeah. Seinen, I'm sorry. It's, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, something I noticed in the opening credits 
that I was not aware of is that the original manga was from Takahiko Inoue, who made one of my favorite manga, uh, Vagabond, which is about um, Miyamoto Musashi. And I mm. had no idea that he also was the guy that did Slam Dunk. It probably says that on the back of the books I have that I never read, but hey, Vagabond's really good. I recommend it. Is there a Vagabond anime? I don't think so, actually. Mm, I was going to say, maybe strange. that's a contender for anime roulette. No, oh, yeah, because this... it's all really like historical, and it, it, it probably wouldn't be too yeah. great for it. I don't know. The part of anime roulette is figuring out what the anime is about based on the episode that we watched. Yeah. And from this I'm gathering, so I don't remember any of these characters' names, first of all. I wrote down some of them. Not a single one. Uh, but we have two teams. There's a red team and a white team based on their uniforms, or rather a blue team, because I, I, the episode name is that a blue wave is coming. I do. Yeah, the blue wave happened in November. <laughs> yeah. Um... I did write down notes for this because I knew okay. I was probably going to need to. First of all, the old Toei animation logo is here, which I appreciate. I yeah. appreciated seeing. The theme note, uh, the theme song has "Bad News" in English in it. Uh, I also wrote this recap did not help at all. So, I <laughs> know uh, oh, it kind of did. They're 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 going for um. I can't remember the name of it because it's not like regionals or something like that, but they're they're in the final game to sort of place into a bigger bracket. I, I think it they, is regionals and they were just calling it something different because Japan. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, they're trying to place in regionals. This is the last game to do so. And the team that they're facing so far, they have done very well. They have a modest lead in the points, uh, but They've the other team has brought somebody back in. Uh their their trump card. Someone who I believe they call uh number one Sintaka as I've wrote <laughs> right. as I've written down. Uh that's uh, what Sindo, I think. Something like that. Um But they bring him in presumably because he's really fucking tall. Yeah. Wait, the coach that... is just like, oh, tall boys are good for basketball. Or is that... So there are basically two main characters on uh, Rionan's side, and Rionan is the white-blue team. Uh, there's yes. Uozumi, who's the uh, large, like, bulky guy, and Sendo, who's the thinner guy. Yes. And so Sendo's main thing is that he is very agile. He Agile. Uh, he is very fast. Uh and he is less worn out than anybody on the other team. He's got stamina. He's got the stamina to do the job. Love a stamina. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shohoku, which is the red team, has 61 points. Ryonan has uh, 48. I also noted that about halfway through this episode, if I did not know Shohoku were the main team, like I would have thought Ryonan were the heroes, because it seems like it's focusing on them a lot. Yes, like there are a bunch of flashbacks for the the taller guy on their team of people making fun of him for his height. Yes, I wrote Uozumi has a flashback of being a loser. <laughs> he 
And like it keeps happening like a PTSD flashback. Yeah. Like he keeps getting triggered to repeat the same flashback of people mocking him for his height. Mm-hmm. And like his height is his advantage because there's like multiple times where the team tries to like get the ball in the damn hoop and he just raises his hand up. Yeah. And they're like, well, shit. I am. Um... We're on. Can't make a basket. He's sticking his hand up. I do wish uh, this was like. Like they did a remaster of this or something because the bitrate on the version I saw was kind of not great, and mm. I feel like the animation would like benefit a lot from a higher resolution, a higher bitrate because of all the lines and everything in it. I think it would look really cool even if they didn't like fully remaster it or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this thing could look better than it does. I still think this is a surprisingly good-looking anime, though, for the yeah. time that it came out. Yep. This is one of those things where I look at it and I remember like how traditional hand-drawn animation looks a lot better than the stuff we're getting now. Yeah, I, I actually am going to look up and see um, when the show came out. It started in 93. Mm, I was going to say, like, 94. Five or ninety six, yeah, but yeah, not that well, far. Uh, this episode was ninety five, so yeah. again, I like a hundred episodes to this thing. Yep, hundred and one. It it ran because like when I was watching this too, I was thinking, okay, this is an anime about basketball, and most Gundams only run for like 40 episodes and those things seem interminable by the end of it. So a hundred episodes of a basketball anime seems crazy to me. Yeah. Well, the manga ran crazy long too. I actually bet this is one of those cases where the anime doesn't even actually cover the full run. Oh, that is surprising. I mean, Uh, that's what I would guess. But even for anime basketball, a thing that I would probably normally think would not be that interesting to me, like, surprisingly uh, dynamic. Like, they, they kept this thing moving. It it felt really interesting to me. Even though, like, technically it's not really moving at all because it takes, like, a full 20 minutes for somebody to score a basket. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's interesting you say that because they kind of don't really do much. Yeah, but but it never felt long to me. Like it never felt that it was poorly paced or anything like that. It it still felt snappy and interesting to me. No. Uh also I, the best eye catches that I have seen in a very long time. Yes, these bumpers are amazing. I was drinking some water when I was watching it and when it came on, uh I about spit it out all over my iPad because the uh, bumpers are all in English. And it's obviously like a 90s video game case of whoever worked at Toei saying like, oh, well, you know, a Yuki in accounting, she can speak great English. We'll just have her come in and do this. <laughs> because like, it's good enough that obviously any non-native English speaker would not notice the difference, but it's just off enough that it is hilarious. The second one of these was something along the lines of like, Go on, pass him the ball. It's the only way to earn trust and make friends. And then, like, the the animation is the two main characters getting locked up in fucking jail. 
and, and there's like a gorilla there like a gorilla in a, <laughs> <laughs> the gorilla is like the guard uniform. and there's some young woman there with the guard gorilla yeah it's great it's all great i don't understand what any of that has to do about making friends i don't know there it's was some... one that you linked me that was just something like slam dunk we'll be right back sit in front of tv yep hi guys the first part of slam dunk was fun wasn't it basketball is great let's play it together thanks for waiting the second part of slam dunk will start in a minute let's get together in front of tv yeah it's like uh that first part of slam dunk was great wasn't it basketball great it's oh i no, love it's it basketball basketball great it, i i'm pretty sure she also says slum dunk but <laughs> look i love it no slum dunk is a very different anime yeah uh so yeah as as best i can figure this is a show where they do a decent job of building up who the other team is and getting you to sympathize as much with them as you do with main characters. Yeah, they're I not, kind of get the um, feeling that the, our two leads have something to prove. Maybe they want to move on and do this professionally. And so it's tracking their career through high school basketball. Or maybe this is college. I'm not quite sure about that. I think it's high school. Uh, I'm sure that girl that's in the stands also has something to do with it. Uh, maybe they're competing for her affection or something because she's in the bumpers too she looked weird when she was in like profile view and then turned her head around (laughs) like that did not transition well that's the one bit of the animation that stood out to me as not being especially great um i do like also how sometimes they just turn into chibi versions for yeah no no real reason uh Uh, because it's like an old 90s manga thing to do oh yeah that kind of made sense to me like it was very fitting with the style and the era yeah i wrote down at one point um main guy does a goof gets nosebleed because like he turns into <laughs> a chibi version of himself and is like going eh, why have i put the ball over here how about here huh eh, eh, eh. guy just smacks him in the nose and then he's like hey ref check it out the ref is just like man whatever there's a weird bit where he's getting angry at like the opposing coach too and he does that thing where like suddenly his head is really big and he's screaming it's great yeah this is all this is a this is an old anime yeah someone recently described me as liking old anime uh to a co-worker who then asked me like oh what does that mean you like watch dragon ball and stuff like that and i was like no or I'm watching stuff from like the seventies. <laughs> Look, I mean, yes, like watching this reminds me that I am correct when I say anime used to be better. Yeah, no. It... <sighs> Look, I like the animation JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, but even I think that it does not look nearly as good as a lot of older animation, which kind of goes back to that like one shot in a movie thing where it's maybe more impressive for different reasons oh definitely like when you had people actually like, drawing things it, yeah but it has more drawing tangible things look. And drawing each individual line on somebody's upper lip and having it be consistent is yeah. way crazier to me than seeing something like jojo's bizarre adventure that i understand is mostly done digitally oh yeah like everything is di- it's all done with computers it is all done with computers. 
right. But like, I, I also think when you get something that's hand drawn, there is much more. You feel that animation team's personality shine through a lot more. It has more character in it than I think what you see out of anime currently, which just feels a lot more homogenized and sterile to me. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, look at look at like early Dragon Ball Z, like that fight between Goku and Vegeta. That shit looks crazy. Yeah, yeah, it does. And even just like Goku and uh, Raditz too. Yeah. So man, real shame about the animation in that show as it went on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I, I want to say that it was like one Super. in betweener specifically who kind of like brought that sort of dynamic. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think of the, of the right way to describe this. There was a specific person on that staff who made Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z look as good as it did. And then they left at a certain point, if I'm remembering things correctly. And that's about when things sort of took a turn in the animation quality, like dipped off. Did I ever link you uh, that interview with them? Um the Dragon Ball Super producer who was just like, oh, the reason the animation sucks in some of these episodes is uh, because the people that did those parts were new. Yeah, you told me about that. I don't think I actually, like, watched or read anything oh, okay. in particular. Is that... Yeah, it's a great, ex- great excuse, because the people that you want to work on your new Dragon Ball thing should all be new. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, it worked out so well for Berserk. Oh boy. Just okay. guts vibrating off of stage right. I want you to get started on Berserk again. Okay, more notes here. I've got um Uozumi gets a sick rebound. I wrote this is good music, which I think was during the part where it sounds like a uh, Vogue is in the background. Yeah, no, the the music in this thing is so positively 90s and I love it. Yeah. Um <laughs> I wrote Uzumi signals Sindo to do something. I think that was when he was going to try to fake him out. First. Yeah. I, I, uh, the interstitials have really good English VO. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, here here at the end, basically, uh, Sindo fakes out Rukawa, who is the um the brunette guy on Shohoku's team, uh, not not mm. the main guy who's a redhead. I forget what his name is he kind of doesn't do much in this so here's my question for you which one of those do you think is the primary like your main lead red red haired guy okay because he appeared in the credits more but it felt like this episode was more about the other guy Uh, if it if it was about either of them which also like it doesn't seem to be it seems more about the other team but uh, red-haired guy is the one who I've seen in like every promotional image of Slam Dunk ever. Okay. So I'm guessing it's him. Though I'm guessing the other guy is the second. He's the Kuobara to the other guy's Yusuke. Would you say he is the Bruno Bucciarotti in that he is also probably perhaps more of a main character than the main character? Pro- maybe. Okay. Very possible. Uh, but yes, he uh, fakes out Rukawa, passes to Uzumi. And then Uzumi like passes it back to him, and he manages to get a basket. They uh, and then a free throw, and then everybody is like, okay. So they're talking about how pretty much everyone on Shohoku has three fouls, and so they can't foul yeah. anymore. Yeah, I think they call them the foul gang at some point. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then 
there, so there's a third guy on the Shohoku team, uh, Mitsui, who I guess is like their sort of three-pointer guy. And he starts to try to take a shot, and then he's, uh, I wrote down that Mitsui is losing it because he streamed Donkey Kong 64 for 40 hours. Oh, no. And 55 so, hours, please. <laughs> and so he's just like seeing double, and he's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm seeing double. Four crusties, and he can't make the basket. <laughs> and then, like, he loses the ball, and uh, Sindo gets it back, and he does the titular slam dunk. And this episode Whoa. ends with the score being Shohoku 61, Ryonan 53. They're closing the gap. Yeah, and then they say, like, yeah, oh, maybe the blue wave's coming, I don't know. It's like, motherfucker, I thought that was the whole point of this episode, <laughs> was that they were going to score, like, hella hoops. Well, this when they start coming back, though, you know? They get, they get two hoops and a couple free throws. That's and not so... how a blue wave works! Well, did you, you see what happened last year? You get the wave or you don't get the wave. Uh, that was alright. It's like a it, it's like a blue um, a blue tidal pool, you know, sort of like a you'd get at a water park. It's like a blue oopsie daisy. I accidentally knocked over this bucket of uh, water, and it just all spilled everywhere. Yep. But that's oopsie it for Sam Dunk. A good ending song yeah. too. Uh, yeah, I like this. That... I was gonna say that uh, Donkey Kong thing though before we get to far from that uh the point that i got to in that thing he was joking around i guess he has like a fake skeleton or two actually that he has and he was saying like when i beat this game i should just like prop the skeleton up in my chair with the headphones on and just leave the game and the stream running it's <laughs> a good bit. and now i gotta get to the end of that thing to see if he does it all right so that's it for this anime roulette let's find out what we're going to be watching next time. Go ahead and pull up the randomizer here. Uh, 1 through 12. Oh, we should do our votes. Should we remove Slam Dunk from the roulette? Hmm. So, I would not be adverse to watching more Slam Dunk. I do think it is a good show. It is also too accessible for anime roulette. So my vote would be to take it off. Well... My, uh, this has by the to be... way, this is the problem with a two person vote <laughs> system is well, we can totally stalemate. Well, th this has to be unanimous anyway. Here's the thing I'm going to say don't take it off yet, but if we hit it again and we don't have something that's like uh really good and crazy or something, then we can take it off. Okay, uh, but for now. Uh, also, I don't really have any good replacement ready yet. Anyway, um, I also I kind of just I I kind of just won't watch another one at some point. Anyway, a one through twelve. Here we go. Two, uh, which Bill. is oh, it's one of the goats. Hunter oh, x Hunter. Hunter, Hunter x Hunter. That's got like a thousand episodes to it, right? 148. Holy shit. Where should we start the roulette? Okay, well, I think we said the upper portion of half is the best way to do this, so I would say it needs to be above episode 70. Alright, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Alright, 70 to 148. 100. 
Centennial. All right. <laughs> that's good. That's a benchmark episode. That's right. Probably a lot of stuff goes down in episode 100. Uh, hoping it's not a recap, actually. Because that's something that animes do. So, hmm. well, I'll, I'll... I think we need a... I think we need a contingency in the case that it is recap episode because that is definitely something a lot of animes, especially long running ones, do. Yeah. I think if we get a recap episode, we just need to go to the one ahead of it. Ahead or after? Hmm. So I would say after the one after would it seem to imply that a major event would have happened or w- oh, would okay. happen in the episode. Yeah. Doing it after that would mean that whatever major event has passed us by one episode. Yeah, that's a good point. So yes, if it's a recap, we go to the one right before that one. Well, no, no, no. So so here's part of why I'm what? thinking the one after it is because whatever happens in the one after it, they're assuming the audience has watched the recap and refreshed themselves on everything they would need to know to oh, move forward. Okay. Alright, so yes, episode one hundred. If that is a recap, then episode one oh one. Um I actually could just look up. I've been one way of doing it too, is just look up and roll again. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Scroll I don't know. I, I just say that on. part of why I say that is we've already had a damn recap episode in this season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and we are only 15 episodes in. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't so look the possibility like, is there. It doesn't look like this is a recap. Okay. That's I don't fine. know what any of this means, though, but also, I will see how this turns out. I'm not sure this is actually going to be very good, but we'll see. Yeah, anime roulette. It's not always going to be a winner. I mean, no, definitely not. Wouldn't be really. That's kind of the point. If it, yeah. Uh, the anime roulette is a cruel mistress. Yeah. Well, All right. next time. Well, uh, yeah. I'm uh, Beach Boy. I'm uh, the thankful death. Mm. I want to be Mr. President, though. Well, yeah, because you love Coco Jumbo. Well, it's also no better time to be the president. Yeah. I mean, the government shut down. Like, I wouldn't have to work. That'd be sweet. Yeah. It's right? At basically, monarchy right? at that point. That's good. Not working, right? <laughs> How about the job she did, huh? Eh? Eh? I can't have any problems if I don't get paid. No pay, no problems. The blue wave is coming. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. Good vibrations. Somehow closer now Softly smile I know she must be kind Let's play basketball guys You feel like the wind when you've got the ball And go to the basket Let's go for it It's cool to be with your brothers